For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, Bucks fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, bright and early. So be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app to make it even easier and have those episodes sitting there waiting for you when you open the app so that you're prepared to dive into all the information that Kaylee, Mizell, and myself have for you. The other good news is that you can also stream Jolly Rogers and touchdowns on any of your other favorite streamable platforms. I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell. And while we typically love hopping on here on post-game pods, <laughs> we unfortunately have more bad news for you Bucks fans. As if you haven't been through enough, um, the Bucks head up to North Carolina and fall to them 21-3. to That's right, not even one touchdown this time. And I'm sure my lovely co-host has some thoughts on the Bucks falling to three and four now and giving the Panthers an opportunity to rise to two and five, which is just, it was supposed to be another easy breezy go in there, collect a W come home, rest up for a short turnaround week. Might, might I add to yeah. host the Ravens on Thursday? That's the most terrifying part as we break this down, Kaylee. Yeah, I mean, the, well, Casey, this I, it's Halloween. This was a scary game in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So just playing right into the season. Um, at this point, I don't know how strong of language I, I it, it's just <laughs> I don't understand how we're, I mean, we'll break it down. We'll break down what happened and, and the gaps in the game and, and, and exactly what happened, because you look and you say to yourself, how did this team let this happen? How do you lose back-to-back weeks to a one-win team? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Also, this is like you, you, you. It's so embarrassing, Casey. You lost to a third-string quarterback to a team that only went on the season. You lost to a team that just traded two of their biggest offensive threats yep in in Robert Anderson Christian McCaffrey away like this was the team that was saying like you know what we fired our coach we're getting rid of our guys we're basically rebuilding like this is essentially what we're doing like we're we expect like this is going to be a you know one in 15 one in 16 brown season right like that that's kind Mm -hmm. of what this team expected the Panthers, that is, right? And then you right. have this Bucks team that talked about how embarrassed they were after the Steelers loss and how they really need to turn things around and they know that it's on them. And so you expect that there to be some accountability. You expect there to be some action. You expect there to be some backbone, something, leadership, coaching. Like you expect something to happen this week. Yep. And what happened was that they went out and they embarrassed themselves even worse than they did the week prior. Even worse. Because this isn't a team that this isn't like a Steelers team that, you know, oh, well, you know, like one of their main guys is 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 out. This is a you're you lost to a third string quarterback. You let an offense that just traded away their biggest running threat run all over you. It's embarrassing in Mm -hmm. every sense of the word offensively defensively the coaches should be embarrassed everyone should be embarrassed when they look at themselves in the mirror if they can even look themselves in the mirror like i'd be embarrassed to even look at myself in the mirror it oh casey it was so (laughs) bad it was it was so bad they brought the rile out of you a lot of Bucks fans probably just turned the game off. Like after watching, like I know I wanted to. It's like the very first series, and you're just like, I don't, I don't want to watch this anymore. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like this is what hell is gonna be like. You think <laughs> you're watching a team you love and care about? If you've ever like, seen that Netflix film Lucifer, Lucifer that's what it is. It's just like it's the what? loop of your worst performance in life. And it's, the, it's so terrible. 
they're creating that. That's a that's a great visual, Kaylee. It's terrifying, <laughs> but it's really, really good. Um, and it's funny because I was just telling you and James before we got this new episode of Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns going that, you know, for for old Bucks fans and some people are going to be like, Casey, how old are you? Um, I'm old enough. Number one. Number two, for <laughs> old Bucks fans um, who have been through the, the pre-Brady era and even the pre-Jameis Winston era, if you will, you know, were there moments where your heart stops or you got chest pains? Like eventually I was just like, I'm getting freaking chest pains watching this game. Absolutely. Yeah. But was it like, oh crap, I've never sat through a game like this before. Not to the exact dumpster fire of embarrassment that it was, but have I felt that pain of like a hopeless Bucks fan in the middle of a winnable game? Absolutely. And I've done it with a few other quarterbacks. I think, I think it cuts a little deeper that it's Tom Brady. Um, but I think yeah. what we won't do today on this episode is uh, put it all on Tom because no, it's can't not be. all on Tom. You said it, Kaylee. Everybody on this roster from top to bottom, from the front office, should be mortified, should steer clear of mirrors or maybe sit in front of a mirror and do that only for the next 48 hours and really dive into that reflection of what is going on here. Um, because this team looks like they're playing recess. They have no plan. They're going out there doing whatever. It's the older guys that they just kind of keep dusting things off to thinking, okay, they'll just get it done because they're the vets on this team. Oop, maybe not. Oop, maybe not. Oops, that sucks. Oh, there that goes. Like this, this is, this is recess. I, I wouldn't want to pay to sit at any of these games in the past two weeks. And, and that's the unfortunate truth of uh, what we're seeing. And I still can't, I think I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that this is a conversation we're having around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a team that generated so much excitement week one, two, even three for crying out loud. And as you put it, Kaylee lost to two back-to-back -back teams that have only won one game this season and now have put their NFC South crowns at risk. The Falcons yeah. are doing well. The Panthers, all of a sudden, I don't even know. Uh, then you they're got the Saints. Five. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. And then you got the Saints. The Panthers who are have in there. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's they're. I don't <laughs> have. They've embarrassed themselves, like you said. I mean, it's just it's it's so. Bucks Terrible. fans, welcome to your therapy session. And Kaylee's gonna yeah, Kaylee's gonna lead it. us into that Bucks offense versus this Panthers defense, and we're just okay. gonna, we're just gonna release some demons. We're gonna exercise for these guys we're gonna we're gonna handle the spooky season that they just could not could not handle um mm -hmm. they definitely couldn't okay so on offense okay let's set the table by saying I, I don't know if this is getting too far should we talk about some of the guys that they were missing in context of this or should we get into that later on case i would say later on okay let's get into because it they later been on. Able to get the job done with who was there I agree. And that's why I, yeah, we're on the same page then. Okay. We're getting oh. it into this Casey. And my first point of contention, if you will, is there was just a snowball of mistakes on offense. I mean, you start with a third play of the game, Mike Evans, who, I mean, almost got a hundred yards. In this game. Like again, like statistically on paper, you look at what this team was able to do offensively not terrible we've been calling for Mike Evans to have a hundred yard game he was four yards shy mm -hmm. four or six something like yeah four. either 94 90 okay four yards it. shy at 96 yards four yards shy Tom Brady had 290 yards but it was why weren't they able to get the job done why weren't they able to get into the end zone a snowball of mistakes so the first series Mike Evan bobbles this beautiful perfectly thrown pass by Tom Brady and like hurts. the most on Mike Evans way. Like this is just so our, our producer literally asked us and he was like, this is a joke, right? Like this was a gift. That was a meme. This was a meme, right? This was fake. No, this Ugh. is real. Mike Evans. You heard me say it correctly. Real knife. Bobbled and missed what would have been a 64 yard touchdown pass. I mean, he, he had nothing but the end zone in front of him bobbles it, loses it. And that's essentially the story of the first series. They just can't, they can't find the rhythm after that. They can't get back on track. Second series. Okay. They start moving the ball. Guess who gets the ball? Casey co-keep you get 18 yards moving it whoop, lost whoop, my whole go. head on that one Let's i'm like finally <laughs> and then 
Robert Hainsey fumbles, can't recover. They can't recover for the rest of the series. Third series, what happens? Well, Mike Evans kind of redeems himself a little bit. Mm -hmm. He gets gets a 16-yard pass. It's not a 64-yard touchdown, but hey, we'll we'll take take it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Then what happens? Okay, Chris Godwin. Oh, I like this. 18 yards on a third and three. Oh, but guess what, Casey? There's a penalty. Now it's third and eight, and you can't get it done. And that's the third series. What happens on the fourth series? You're moving the ball. You're moving instantly. It's like five yards here, four yards here. You're moving the ball. You're moving the chains. In fact, you have three first and tens. You're moving the ball. Well, then what happens? Well, you get sacked. You let up a sack. And now you're at third and 24. That's the entire first half. I just told it to you. A snowball of mistakes. It's positive, just positive big negative, positive, mm-hmm. positive, big negative. One thing led to another. One thing led to another. And mm-hmm. they just could not recover. Even when they did have something positive, like you said, they had something even bigger that was negative that they come. And so my first point is they just, this offense just could not get out of their own way. Between missing catches to fumbles to penalties, like, to sacks, like they just could not get out of their own way, Casey. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, because again, they were moving the ball a little bit, like 18 yards, 16 yards, you get 18 yards, but then you get the penalty. Mm-hmm. You move it, you move down, the, you get three first and tens and then the sack. And it's just, that's like, they moved the ball enough, but never to the end zone. Yeah. Because something always happened and they just were not able to recover. They they it seems like they were out of sync from the beginning of this game to the end of this game offensively. And again, not just Tom Brady. This is on Mike Evans. This is on Chris Godwin. This is on the O-line. This is on Robert Hainsey. Like this everybody. is this is on the coaches. This is on the play calling. This is on everyone. Mm-hmm. No one was in sync. No one was on the same page. Uh, I mean, you're you're continuing to embarrass yourself with this run game and, and like having somebody like Leonard Fournette on your team and just not doing anything with him. It's, Mm -hmm. it's completely embarrassing Casey. And as we, as we continue to, to go on because they were scrambling because the snowball effect happened, what you saw was instead of getting creative, instead of doing the things that we saw work, Hey, Coquive just got 18 yards. Uh, they reverted back. They reverted yep. back to their old ways. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. Um, it looked like they had positive movement and then they would panic and then panic would push them back into bad habits and foreign patterns. And that's the worst thing you can do, especially look. And I, and I, I think I said this in one of the previous shows that we just did, or maybe in, in conversation, but when you're going to play a team that only has one win under their belt, and as you mentioned, third string QB, all these all these variables that play into like you have an opportunity here, you have a platform yep. to consistently try to be creative, to consistently plug in some things and say how is this going to translate? Because you got to look at the big picture. So when you get an 18 yard 18 yard play out of Co'Keefe, perfectly, beautifully, beautifully, and you never circle back to that opportunity or you never try that exact play one more time, or maybe you try it one more time. And even if he didn't execute well on that, if they did try it again, you don't give them two tries and then completely count it out when you have four quarters of football to play versus a team that has one win under their belt. So you can't panic and completely revert to old ways right out the gate. The creativity died middle of the second quarter and never existed in the second half, which is awful. And what makes it even worse is that as you just explained, Kaylee, they had all these progressions. They did, they did these things and realistically, statistically, they outplayed in, in certain yeah. circumstances, the Panthers, the Bucks had 66 offensive plays to Carolina's 50, which shows you Carolina played with intention and yep. precision and, you know, did things that they tried things that would work. And then they would continue to pound it out. This team does something, it works. And then they barely circle back to it. They didn't start getting Kate Otten more involved in the game until the freaking end, the end, the second half, number one, fourth quarter, more. So all of a sudden Kate Otten becomes your, your top target. He ranks number two in receptions for this team. 
post-game statistics. That's that's ugly. They completely pulled away from whatever idea that they started working with in the first quarter there. Something else to keep in mind, Bucks had 322 offensive yards to Carolina's 343, and, well, Carolina started running the ball down their throat. They have to find a way to be way more efficient because they're not doing that. It looks like they're going out there, as I said a couple moments ago, and just throwing things together. There's no efficiency. There's no strategy. There's receivers you know, veterans and non-veterans that are running the wrong routes or very confused on where they're lining up and how they're supposed to be executing. It's week seven. Why are you confused? Did you guys not hang out as a team before this game? Did you guys not have any conversation? Did you guys not have your film study sessions that you used to do last season all the time and those extra little meetings that you used to do? That, that was something that played into this team pulling it together. What, because there's not 10,000 COVID protocols in play that are forcing you guys to be really strategic with your time and get that extra time with one another because you have different hallways to walk down and all these things that are playing into it. It's like once the COVID restrictions got lifted and they and they didn't try to come up with ways to come together as a team in the time slots that they you know were, were gifted by the league to be together, all of a sudden people are just willy-nilly and all over the place. I wonder what's really going on off, out, out, off the field because – you're not seeing a team. You're not seeing any unison. You know, you mentioned penalties, Kaylee. They accumulated 30 penalty yards to Carolina's 15. This yeah. is something Bruce Arians used to get on this team about last season and the season before that, playing against yourself, beating yourself. Bucks had the most first downs. They had 17 first downs versus Carolina's 14. 14 passing first downs, three rushing first downs. So they even tried to, I don't know, shift it a little bit to have more passing first downs versus hand Lenny the ball and try to get the first down all the time. But it comes back to this third down efficiency, abysmal. Their third down efficiency is garbage. No one knows what's going on on this team and it's showing it's showing so loudly and it's going to get them through the final week of the regular season and everybody's going to go home and call it a season. We're not even looking at playoffs right now. Not with this team. They panicked way too early. There's too much miscommunication for veteran presence, even non-veteran presence. The young guys are showing more capability than your older guys out there. This Madden team just turned into madness with no good behind it. Besides the fact that you might have a few glimmers of hope in guys like K-Dot and Rashad White. Rashad White came out of the backfield, did something yeah. nice on, on, on before third and eight, I believe it was. And then all of a sudden, he's not going to him. Why? Yep. Then you've got Leonard Fournette, who couldn't even generate any running, any, any rushing yards today. Nope. So that's the frustration is you have so much good to work with, but I think it's beyond that at this point. There's a conversation that's not being had or had the right way within this team so that they can start getting on the right trajectory because you can't, because this isn't a dumb team either. If there's anything that I've said about most of the guys on this team, heading into training camp, throughout training camp, heading into the season, is that there's so many players on this roster that have a, a, a beautiful football IQ, that are so smart, that stick to the book, that show up early, leave late, all the good things, yada, 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 but you would not see any of that demonstrated by the last two games that you've seen out of this team. That's a problem. It's a huge problem, Casey. It's a huge problem, and it's not, it's not their only one. I... They've they've got a lot of problems and they're stacking up in in lots of ways. And you might be asking yourself, is this team underperforming or are they just bad? That's a great question. It's a very good question. Right now, I'm not I I'm not a hundred percent. Maybe by the end of this episode, I'll <laughs> I'll pick one side or the other. I think in some ways there's certain members of this team that are underperforming. And mm -hmm. I don't think that they're being set up for success. And one of those guys is Leonard Fournette in this, in this, and, and it's not all on Lenny, but you have to consider the inconsistency, Casey. In his game, how come this guy has, he shines and he's the only, and we're calling him pumpkin spice Lenny. And he's the only one on this offense that is carrying the team on his back. And then you have a week like this. Where Leonard Fournette is, he has 19 yards rushing. Yep. Seven yards receiving. That's he rushed the ball, Lenny. 
He, he <laughs> averaged 2.4 yards per carry. This team as a whole rushing averaged 2.9 yards. I mean, that's that down. Works. That's down from even their 3.3 yards rushing. I mean, this is literally, Casey, the worst rushing offense in the NFL. And that, I mean, it's it's mind-blowing that mm-hmm. that is a real statistic, that this is the worst rushing offense in the NFL. And it's true. And it's true. Not only that, so they only had 46 yards rushing today. They also turned the ball over twice on downs because they tried to rush. Leonard Fournette rushed on third and one and fourth and one. Couldn't make it. So they the turned fourth it one was terrifying to watch. They turned it over on downs twice. Mm-hmm. Twice. And it's and 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 I don't know. And Casey, I'm interested in your opinion on this. I don't know whether this is Leonard Fournette and 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 it's mostly on him or it's a combination between him and this offensive line. But anytime you see him run, he's running into a pile of people. <laughs> and 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 it's like there's no protection, there's no gaps, which like part of it again on the offensive line. But then it's like he's not doing anything for himself to set himself up for success. He's not being patient you know, waiting for gaps. He's not, he's not doing any of that. So I, that's why I think it's maybe on both of them. Agreed. But, it, but it's, it's just, it's abysmal. If I mean, and, and this is from the Bucks who at the beginning of the year said, Oh, our bread and butter this season is going to be our run game. Ding, that's ding, ding. Said. <laughs> well, we're really putting a lot of emphasis on our run game. That's mm-hmm. what they said during training camp. That's what they said at the beginning of the season. And I don't know where they emphasized. I have I no know. idea what they have started to potentially do differently than come in and say, we're just going to put this entire run game on Leonard Fournette's back. I think that him being the workhorse somehow got to him, or it's not the system for him to be the workhorse. Because I will say this, when he was with the Jaguars, he was a big part of their success getting to playoffs and he was an over a thousand yard rushing rushing you know running back or whatever and that worked then then again younger different system a lot of different variables that play into that sort of success so with that said this might not be the system where Lenny can be your 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 one trick pony, your workhorse. You drafted a guy like Rashad White. Has he been a little inconsistent? Absolutely. He's a freaking rookie. But who's working with him? I will say this, and I'm and I genuinely respect every guy on this team, like honestly. But what I will say is that any time that Leonard Fournette is asked about Rashad White in a press conference or an interview, it's not the greatest commentary that he makes back. It's almost like a backhanded comment, if you will. So it feels like they tried to create this level of competition. They didn't clarify people's roles and skill set. If you're not good at punching a hole, if you don't have this, this clarity, this, this, this clairvoyant vision in order to get through gaps, then you can't compare yourself to somebody who can do that. It's not your strong suit. Your strong suit is being strong. Is that once you start getting downfield, once you get that momentum, you're hard to stop because you're harder to bring down. You're stronger. You're big, you're bigger bodied. Rashad White and Leonard Fournette are not the same kind of running back whatsoever, but are they constantly in conversations being pitted against one another? Yes. Do I kind of feel that energy whenever Leonard Fournette is asked about Rashad White? Yes. When I've had a chance to ask Rashad White about Leonard Fournette as a mentor during training camp, he jokingly, and I, I, I clarify and I say strongly, jokingly said, I didn't even know if the guy liked me, but we really don't know how much that plays into the situation. I'm putting all these pieces together to say that I think it's on both ends. I think that the coaches came in and tried to create this sort of competition with no plan, no strategy, no saying you're good at this, you're good at that. We're going to execute you here, execute you there. They wanted to overload Leonard Fournette and Lenny was eating it up when it was working. It's not working. This, you know, you know what to expect out of your offensive line. Why are you choosing to run certain plays on certain downs with Leonard Burnett versus Rashad White? Why are you choosing to run the ball versus having that pass catching running back that was, that seemed like an important pickup during the draft and you're barely using him? 
there's no yeah. logic in anything that they're doing. So I love yeah. what Leonard Fournette can do within his skill set and his strengths, but they've missed two opportunities now to actually start grooming Rashad White to play the role that he needs to play. Gio Bernard has been a bust since the beginning of this season, unable to contribute. Keyshawn Vaughn, there's been question marks around. This running back room is abysmal. There's no, abysmal. there's no logic. Well, and, and Casey, again, like that's it to me, that's on the coaches. Like you have to a 100%. Be clear from the very beginning and two, like if what you're thinking in your head is not fitting the player that is there, then you need to change. Something has to change. You can't force yep. a square into a round hole. It's not going to happen. We learned that in kindergarten. Elementary yeah. school. I'm teaching that to my 18 month old. Um, yeah, <sighs> it's just, it's just not one of those things. You have to, you have to embrace the kind of running back that Leonard Fournette is use him when you can. And maybe this off, maybe your plan was to use him in that way, but that was when you had a different offensive line. Yeah. You don't, you don't have them. You don't have the same guys. So you have to adjust. You have mm -hmm. to adjust plans. What do the best teams do? They, the best teams adjust. And yes, this team do. is not doing that, especially not in the run game. It is a business. It's the worst. Part. I mean, it's clearly the worst part of this offense. And if they're going to improve at all, they have to improve that because frankly, that is one of the biggest things holding this offense back from moving the ball down the field. Because you'll notice, and what I did say, Coquif, that's a catch. Mike Evans, oh, that's a catch. Oh, uh, Chris Godwin, that was a catch. They're moving the ball a little bit better, even though it was not a great day today for Tom Brady right. or them. You know, again, they ran the wrong routes, they dropped the ball way too much. It was still better than the run game. So mm -hmm. something has to change. But Casey, that was not the only place that things were really frustrating and out of whack for this team. Mm -hmm. Defensively, this is a, a, a veteran defense, but they're not. I mean, you go back to the question, underperforming or bad, this is a veteran defense that is underperforming. Bye. I don't, I don't even know. I wish that there was a word worse than embarrassed or abysmal or dumpster fire. Um, I apologize in advance, Jolly Roger and touchdown fans. I have used dumpster fire so much in the past two weeks. I feel like it's the new and like, or, um, -based. really? Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 Humiliated. it's tattooed on my tongue at this point, but it's a dumpster fire yep. all over again. How do you have veterans? How do you have veterans like Levante David, who was your was your tackle leader, by the way, your defensive leader on this team statistically today in this in this garbage performance versus the Panthers? And he had five tackles, five tackles, two assists. He had seven total impactful moments. You know what the average the average of like tackles and, and combined and, and all that fun stuff is for a decent game that you watch out of a defense 10 plus <laughs> 10 plus your leading guy had five combined two assists runner up four two zion mccollum the rookie who by the way kind of kind of helped alleviate some really embarrassing moments out there and that was only because he's freaking fast if it wasn't for his speed, if it wasn't for the fact that he can hike down a guy because he's one of the fastest in the league, that would have been that much more embarrassing. And he's coming up in third place with three combined tackles, one assist. And then you're some of your leaders on this team, four, if you will, had zero tackles. Zero. Did you play? Did you put on a jersey today? Did you put your pads on and then your jersey on and then strap up your, your cleats and go on a field and participate in anything? Because I don't understand how you played a one in five Panthers and you've got guys like Joe Tryon, Shayanka, zero tackles, Shaq Barrett, zero tackles, Nelson, Anthony Nelson, zero tackles, Carl Nassib, zero tackles. There was no pass rush today. They didn't show up. Don't know where they went. Edge rushers. Nah, they played without those. If there's anything, if there's any such thing as like a two-five front, that's what this defense went with. It was Vita Vea, Logan Hall, and then the rest of the team playing behind them, playing catch up. 
no strategy. <laughs> I feel like I a straight quote out of Zoolander. I feel like, like I'm taking crazy pills here because yeah. <laughs> we're repeating ourselves, Kaylee. No, asking for creativity, saying that nobody show up. There's no leadership on this team. There's zero unison. The conversation, I, I don't even know. I have no idea. But your 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 leaders, the guys who are supposed to be out here loading up sacks, zero tackles and a few assists, if you will. Yeah, it, it, it's humiliating was one of the synonyms that I looked up. And so I'm going to use that word. Thank you. Um, Give us something different. (laughs) (laughs) Now I do have to, this is not an excuse. I'm just putting it out there. The defense was playing without uh, Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis and Logan Hall. Um, And then, gosh, this is like heart freaking breaker. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr. did leave the game to be evaluated for a concussion in the third quarter. He didn't return. And there's, you know, question marks as to what that will look like this week for him. Um, But you have guys that, like you said, should have stepped up and did not. This is a defense that allowed the Panthers, the one and five Panthers to rush for 173 yards. This is without Christian McCaffrey. This is three days after Christian McCaffrey left. Like, I don't know if they just walked in like, you know, on like the whole like fantasy land quote, like, did they just think like, Oh, they traded away McCaffrey. Like with, this is going to be a walk in the park for us. Like I, I don't, I just, I just want to get into the because I don't know how you go out there and you let a third string. And I'm not like trying to like just, you know, downplay and like just be terrible to, you know, to, to what this, you know, PJ Walker and, and, and some of these guys can do, but like, this is the, you're like the third string guy and you let them get 173 yards on you. On to form 118 yard Hubbard, 63 yards and a touchdown. Like, how how does that happen? And so I asked myself that question on offense. How does this happen? How do they move the ball this much and not get into the end zone? Well, because they made all these huge mistakes, a snowball of errors on defense. How do you let this happen? And I have an answer for you, Casey. Guess how many, guess how many big plays this defense allowed this Panthers offense to have? I have to say over 30. Yeah. How much? Uh, I counted plays that were like over 13 yards and they have about 10, 10, a 38 yard pass. Eventually it was reversed, but then you have a 20 yard, 21 yards let up 23 yards, you let up 11 yards, you let up 60 yards, you let up 17 yards and a touchdown, you let up 13 yards, 27 yards, 29 yards. How do you, how do Chunks. Chunks. Casey, Casey, I counted, I slowed it down and I counted. It took the Panthers two plays to score their second touchdown. I mean, it was a three play series, but the first play was like an incomplete pass. They did nothing. The Mm -hmm. second play they ran for 60 yards. Casey, five defenders, five. Let me guess. It was probably McCollum that brought him down because the only guy who could catch him. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and he missed the first time he did miss the first time. And then he, and then he caught up to him and brought him down. Then after that, straight off of that 60 yard, they run it into the end zone. 17. One Bucks defender touches the guy. One Bucks defender. They just run it into the 17 yards. Hey, and it's I wanted to eat for, dinner after this, and you're making me nauseous. Basically, no, I mean, they, they basically just I didn't even touch the guy. How do you let a guy get 60 yards down the field on you? Run 60 yards down the field on you the very next play. You let a guy just basically waltz into the end zone. He could have freaking done the cha-cha slide into the end zone. I mean, he really could have put it in slow motion and done the thriller all at once. And guess who one of the leading missing tacklers was today? Devin White. Yeah. 
who was supposed who is supposed to be and who I called in, in 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 week one and week two the backbone of this defense and and so did Coach Bowles. He said he's the he's the, he's like the cheerleader of this defense. He's the guy, and he's out there making mistakes, missing tackles. He hasn't been the same for weeks. The minute he gets in his head, it's like the entire defense is just phoning it in right now. And I get it. You're missing some of your your guys, but you still have enough veteran presence. On this, I mean, this is a defense that we said in week go. two was probably the one of the best defenses in the entire league. And they still could be, but they're not playing like it. Nope. You can't play like it. They, I, it you can't give up like a 60 yard, 60 yards running with five guys missing the tackle. And then the very next play, you got to let a guy just waltz in. It's, Where are you tackling? Like it's how? ridiculous. It's it's. I mean, they need to go back. I don't know if they need to go back to the basics or they need to get more more strategy. And this I don't isn't Tyreek Hill running past them. No. This isn't Nick Chubb. No. This isn't McCaffrey. This isn't guys who you would expect to keep no. you on 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 your toes, on your heels, if you will, and and force you to make mistakes. No, these are guys that you that that should have been a shoe in, yep. Kaylee. They, they played against what heavy hitters today? Huh? I no, no nobody really. They had 6.4 yards per rush. Ugh. I mean, which it isn't fantastic, but it's better than like the 2.9. I mean, it's just it's just you let up 173 yards on the ground. And this and you've known since the Chiefs game that this is an area that you need to improve. Yep. And it's and 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 you're still not improving it against kind of a, a a lousy or what could have been and should have been a lousy offense like you're you're so much better than that mm-hmm. so I it, think there's too many individual brains going on here and I think I said that last week too yeah too many about, cooks in the kitchen and something that like you you just mentioned something that made me think about it but the like the Panthers defense performance in comparison to the Bucks defensive performance mind you heading into this game I'm like oh they don't really have a pass rush to worry about they had 4.3 of a sack percentage to the Bucks 2.0. 2% is what their sack percentage was. Both teams came up with only one sack today. And then the Panthers defense had 45 solo tackles to the Bucks 30 solo tackles. And mind you, not any of their leaders are in that category besides Levante David, Mike Edwards, and then following in third place is rookie Zion McCollum. Oof. This is the first game he's ever started. And the numbers are terrible. So when you look at even just comparing what defense showed up more, the Panthers defense earned it against a Bucks offense that still put up better numbers aside from obviously points scored than the Panthers offense. There's no game plan here. That's what it really looks like. And I, you know, again, a lot of respect for coach Bowles, but even it seems like he's not being fully transparent about what they need to do and how they need to, manage moving forward. Um, something that I did want to throw out there before we yeah. get ready to move on is that Coach Bulls in his post-game presser mentioned them being in a dark place right now. They yes. have to see if older guys can still play and if younger guys are good enough to play. That's a terrifying comment from your head coach in week seven going into week eight, a short turnaround week eight versus a Ravens team that's going to completely obliterate them, honestly. A yeah. dark place. And you have to see if older players can still play. Kaylee, this goes into your walk the plank from the previous episode on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. The front office, what are you doing? Yeah. If there was any question marks around these guys before you signed them and brought them in and paid them money, maybe there was more of a conversation to be had. Or the reality of can guys play and can they not play? You know, at this point, Julio Jones is not on this roster to me. I won't be no. including him in a conversation for this offense for weeks because Why how you, you come in and play one and a half of a game and, and, and that's it. And I was defending him not being cooked. Coaches and staff had to know something. They had they clearly always know a little bit to a lot more than we do. So you got Julio Jones, you got Akeem Hicks, you've got Logan Ryan, you've got all these veterans that were signed in and you can't even use them, number one. So you've got money sitting on the sideline. Pathetic. Number two. 
when you do have a veteran that wants to be involved, that I still keep thinking and saying should have involvement, Kyle Rudolph, you dress him out, what, two and a half times? Yep. It's just a dark place, I think, barely describes what's really going on here. I don't think that they had their heads on straight coming in from training camp. I think that there was some sort of maybe a chip on their shoulder to shut everybody up that had questions about their training camp, the way that they handled it and letting Tom have those days off. And I'm not putting this on Tom Brady. This is not a Tom Brady 11 days off thing. This is you guys didn't find a rhythm in training camp. You came in on a spark and an energy of starting a season and then you just lost it. I think this is the third game in Tom Brady's career that he has walked away with only three points. Yeah, I mean, they're not many. I mean, this is the first time ever in his career that he is this far into the season and he's below 500. There's n He's never played, like, going into week eight and he's below 500. This is the first time ever that he's in that position. And, again, it's not just Tom Brady. It really goes back into a big picture but before we get into our walk the planks and who we have a problem with, Casey, we do have to mention <laughs> that some, uh... there there were some performances today that were not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yes. Some guys There's... today that did the right thing. People that still deserve some, uh, what do you call them? Doubloons. Doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're Wrong not that rule. So... Casey, we'll start with you. Do you want to go both? Do you want to name offense and defense? I'll go offense and defense. Yeah, I'll just yeah. throw them both out there. Um, okay. For me, I've got to I've got to go with Kate in for offense. Okay. Um, yeah, get him more involved. Do it from top to bottom. Don't just plug him in here and there when you're panicking and stuff. He showed a lot of great, great. He showed a lot of great potential today and in the past couple of games where you've afforded him the opportunity to do so. And those mistakes have not been big enough to not give him more opportunity for this team. He started to show that there's hope to make plays over the middle of the field. Um, he had a beautiful catch in the fourth quarter from Tom Brady, an absolute bullet. Um, get him more involved. I mean, this kid is showing you that he can handle it and it, you, you only get better with reps. So if you, if you remove him the, from those reps, you're hindering his progress. And that's where it comes to what young guys can play. Yeah. Kate Otten showed you that give it to him. The next one, I look, <laughs> we might have the same one. I don't know. And if we do, that's fabulous because out of the defense disturbing performance today, the only thing I can, the only glimmer of hope that I can find is Zion McCollum. Not that he played the best game ever. He obviously still has some room to grow and, and some learning to do. But aside from Antoine Winfield Jr. Before he went out with his concussion, it was Zion McCollum that was out there doing the most clearly mm -hmm. <laughs> ranked number three in statistics on this entire defense, if you will. Um, first game starting um, there is, you know, coming in after his signing and stuff like that, there was a great conversations about what he can grow to be. Um, so again, just another player where you saw potential, you saw growth, build on it, give him the reps and, you know, incorporate him in there. He doesn't need to be, when Sean Murphy Bunting comes back, I think that that could be a different conversation in terms of who follows up there. And I'll kind of leave that. There for my two standout players. So Kate Otten and, and Zion McCollum. Great. I think that's a great. Um, and I agree with you on Kate Otten. I mean, the fact that he was like second on the team in receiving yards, it just goes to show um, that he, he can get it done and you need to go to him more often. Uh, my guy's going to be Rashad white. I, I, I we didn't see great the day. most of him today, but I liked what I saw of him. Uh, I think he adds a different dynamic to this offense. And like I said, this this offense needs to figure out their running game. Rashad White is the key to that, in my opinion. you got to figure out the balance between him and Fournette. You have to figure out how to use him, when to use him, and use him more frequently than you had been previously. You did that today, and he's a huge reason that you have 46 yards uh, because he had 24 of them. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, rushing. So, uh, I, I think that he's a guy that you need to, to utilize more when it comes to your offense down the road on defense. You're right. It's hard. It's hard. Um, Zion McCollum, you're right. He, he, he's a guy similar, very similar to Antoine Winfield jr. Where you, you saw him all over the field. He was able to do things. He was able to step up. 
man, they're going to miss Antoine Winfield Jr. And I just just really hope that he's okay and that he's able to come back. I think I, in country protocol, he won't be able to play Thursday. The, the turnaround yeah, time is too short with everything on. going on in the league. So they lose him to a really tough team. It's, it's not great. And I don't, I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to give a little bit of credit to Vita Vea because we had been really hard on him. And mm-hmm. I think that he did step up a little bit. The fact that he had, um, you know, five total tackles, two solos and in the sack. Uh, I still expect more from him. Um, but I, 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 you know, a little bit of credit, um, to him there because he is he got a little bit more involved while while not perfect by any means he got a little bit more involved um and stepped it was up a nice when, takedown that he had I yeah think that was. stepped up when some other guys were not stepping up so uh not too many bright spots on the defense but um maybe maybe that'll be the, the sack will be it for me um moving on casey there's there's the, you we could find a lot of bones to pick uh, for your walk the plank. Put you in the hot seat. Who's who's walking this week? I'm going to keep it simple. This entire team needs to take a cold plunge and get back to, I don't know. They need to just have a moment where they find what the identity is of this team. And besides everyone's goal being, Hey, we just want another Super Bowl. We want a Super Bowl. We want a Super. No, you guys need to want to play better. You know, I'm really only seeing half of you guys that look like you love playing football, and the guys that really just love suiting up on a Sunday—that's obvious. The mm-hmm. other ones are just—I feel like they're just getting caught up, or they're overthinking things, or they have opinions on social media, living rent-free in their head. You are held to a different caliber and a different standard. And if that stuff affects you to the point where you're carrying it with you on the field and you don't know how to how to shake that weight and perform, then you've got to readjust. As you said, Kaylee, adjusting is what is what the top people and the top teams and the top anything in the world does. It's being agile. It's being flexible. It's pivoting when you need to. It's adjusting as you need to. And um, a lot of these guys, everybody just looks like they're very much in their own head. They don't look like they're really sharing the burden of this team together. I, I genuinely just don't see a team when I see these guys. I don't care what anyone puts on social media. I'm not feeling that when I watch you guys play. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that you watched the Tampa Bay Bucks team where you were like, oh yeah, this is a family. This is, you know, even with its little dramas going on, it still had something there. Uh, you gravitated towards something on that field and there's nothing to gravitate to right now. I think there's too many frustrations. There's the blame game. There's lack of accountability. There's zero leadership. You know, at this point, I almost rather see Tom Brady break seven tablets on the sideline. If that's what's going to get guys, you know, to show emotion, you can't be emotionless and be passionate. There's no passion without emotion. And this team just feels dead. So everybody needs to go for me. Everybody needs to just go for a swim, reevaluate what made you sign to this team for this season. And if it was for a Super Bowl, then you need to go reevaluate because Super Bowls aren't handed out. They're earned and they're earned on a week by week basis. And nobody's going out there and earning that. Oh, chill bumps, Casey. I like I love what you said. You have to go out and earn it. When I think about what this team needs, I think about um, I think about calibrating something you know things get skewed things get changed Mm -hmm. so let's say you have like a scale and after a while after some wear and tear after some things happen it gets off sometimes it can get off just by a little bit and then it gets off a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and and so what do you have to do you have to go back and you have to recalibrate it absolutely that's what this this entire team is going to walk the plank and they need to re calibrate themselves what is our identity where are we at what are our goals let's all become one mind let's sync up let's be in unison let's stop shifting blame from the front office down like down to the water boy right like everybody takes some accountability and they have to recalibrate Mm -hmm. there needs to be some type of team meeting on Monday, there needs to be some type of team meeting where somebody calls outside it outside of the norm. Outside of their room. this needs to be like we're going to sit down and we're going to have a come to Jesus moment. 
we're going to recalibrate ourselves. When things are getting lost, that's what you have to do. You have to come back to center, recalibrate. And that's how you have to move forward. You can't move forward with not everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. You have to get everybody on the same page, top to bottom. The coaching staff needs to be on. This. What's our plan? What is our plan? Offensively, defense. We need to get a plan. We need to move forward. All of the players. What's our plan? How are we going to move forward? How can we move forward in unison? You said it. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many people. I want to do this. I want to do this. It's his fault. It's his fault. I'm taking to Twitter and I'm going to blame everybody. Yeah. I'm going to delete it after. I'm going to yell at the fans on Twitter. I'm going to do this. I'm going to like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're going to do. Because guess who's not out there on the field? The fans. No, they're not. They're in seats that they paid for to cheer on a team that they love. Mm Mm-hmm. And that they expect more from, and you should, and you should expect more from yourself. So everybody walks the plank, recalibrate, move forward. You have to. You can't move forward without everybody on the same page. So that's why it's so necessary, Casey. And that's what they've been doing. They keep saying, "Oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, we need to play better." And they're trying to move forward without everybody on the same page, but they have to recalibrate. Yep, they have to go back, get everybody on the same page get in unison and then move forward. So everybody goes because that's when they can recalibrate. Everybody goes and then the (laughs) ship is leaving. Figure it out. And once you figure it out, we'll come back and get you. No, the part of figuring it out is is swimming. Oh, making it to shore on your own. There you go. Figure it out. Make it to shore. Like And do it as a team. They need to do, exactly. They need to have a team win. And I don't mean like necessarily on the field, but like, I'm just mean generally they need to have a team win Yeah, because everything up to it's, it's just, there's losses and there's, and there's, it's bad juju. It's bad momentum, like snowballs in a bad way. Again, they even started today on the wrong page with the Mike Evans thing. And then they ended the wrong, like everything is bad juju with this team right now. And they need to like shake it off, Mm -hmm. take a cold plunge, Call a priest and move forward. Maybe call a priest as well. Uh, It's it's not good. It's not good. But what is good is Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. And you can always catch new episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And fans, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your frustrations. Let us be your therapists. We will talk to you. We will calm you down. And guess what? Yeah, we don't charge anything. There is no deductible here. You don't have to pay a copay. You don't this even need insurance. For free, no insurance necessary. All you have to do is go to wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, but you know you want it to be the Odyssey app. Download that Odyssey app and listen to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have new episodes, so we will have some new episodes coming for you this week to preview the upcoming Thursday night game. It's going to be a whopper, Casey. Uh, and you can always follow us and chat with us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Jolly Rogers TDS on both. And of course, you can follow Casey and myself. I'm at Kaylee Mizell across all social platforms. Casey Hudson is at the sports case. That's K A S E. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we will catch you next time.